Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A very warm welcome and Ramadan Mubarak to all of our listeners. This is Amr Hashim from um, Seekers Hub Toronto. We've just finished our fourth day of fasting and we're going into the uh, the fifth and uh, this is the fifth night of Ramadan. And joining me here is uh, Dalia Hashim, my sister actually. And um, mashallah, she just finished her, uh, her master's at uh, the University of Toronto. But more notably is that she was the... Um, President of the Muslim Students Association at the University of Toronto. Assalamu alaikum, Daniel. alaikum, Sam. Thank you for having me. So I just wanted to uh, talk to you uh, today about the uh, the lessons and, and some of the reflections and some of the themes that were discussed tonight. Ustad Amjad, in the, in the, in the first lesson on, uh, an, on the overview of the Ihya, uh, renewing religion, he was looking at the uh, fourth book of the Ihya on, uh, on prayer he was giving some of the meanings, some of the deeper meanings of what to bring to heart and what to bring to mind while praying. And uh, towards the end, he spoke about, you know, the, the, the meanings of prostration, of just letting go while prostrating and uh, submitting and surrendering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the, the mind which is in the in the head, mm. you know, gets abased, you mm. know, in, in front of Allah's majesty. And, uh, you know, so some of the meanings that Imam Ghazali uh, sheds uh, regarding the, the different uh, forms of prayer. Uh, and then he, he spoke about ways to prepare for prayer. And, you know, given the month of Ramadan, there's a lot of prayers going on, the Taraweeh especially. Mm-hmm. Ustaz Amjad's class today ties in uh, very nicely with uh, Sheikh Faraz's class yesterday about worship and, and the meaning of worship and, and its importance. Um, and the fact that it is all centered around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and our, you know, worship of him. So I think for Ramadan especially, it's important for one to set goals from the onset of Ramadan that will keep them motivated throughout the month um, as to what they sort of want to get, uh, what they want to see themselves doing throughout the month and always keeping themselves check in check um, of how much of that they are doing or, or not doing. But I think something that is uh, has helped me personally in prayer and in prostration is to have a number of du'as that I have readily in mind so that when during prostration there you know there are things that I'm focusing on there are du'as that I'm constantly repeating so that you know there is more of a presence then and there than you know trying to think or brainstorm on the spot what are uh, some of the things that you know I want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for particularly in a month like Ramadan when time is of the essence and there's a lot of things that one might want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. So it's, again, the importance of planning and and knowing sort of what are some of the du'as you want to focus on during prayer. Also, before you pray, any last-minute emails or any last-minute things that you need to do, that you do them and you free yourself of any other responsibilities so that you, you can become engaged in the prayer. So that you're not rushed. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, I I forgot to do that. He says, get that stuff out of the way. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too preposterous to say we probably have more things that consume our minds now than ever before. Right now, it's just like, 
oh, who just texted me? Oh, I got to text this person back. I got this email. I got that thing. Imam al-Ghazali says, take care of all of that to the best of your ability so that your heart is free and that you're able to reflect upon the one before whom you are, you are standing. And scholars say, if you imagine that you were in the court of a great king, right? if a great king was talking to you and saying, you know, asking you what you're doing, and you're like, man, this king might execute me if I'm not doing, if I'm not responding to him. You just go, this is, you just go, oh, hold on one second, king. I just got a text message. Uh-huh, 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 yeah. The king would be like, man, throw this fool in prison. Beat him, hundred lashes, whatever. That, you would get off light if that's all the king would do to you. And to Allah is even the greater, the, the greater reality. We can't really draw analogies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but that helps us bring our heart to be in a state of presence that we think about we're standing before Allah, that our hearts are being emptied before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the one, and then even if you start thinking of other things, just say, the one who can take care of all of my affairs, of all of my concerns, of all of these things, this is the one who I am standing before subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the second part of, uh, or the second half of uh of the night, Sheikh Faraz was, was explaining some of the verses that were pertaining to the fifth book of the Ihya in uh, the, the uh, uh, renewal by the book lesson. And um, the, the, the fifth book is on uh, zakat right? mm-hmm. and, and the, the mysteries and the, the, the secrets of, of zakat. And he looked at uh, a couple of the verses on that uh, in Surah At-Tawbah, mm-hmm. uh, the ninth surah of the Quran. And... Um, he he highlighted the fact that uh, the 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 purpose or or a couple of the intentions or the com- a couple of the outcomes of giving zakat are purification and increase and usually people don't may not look look at it that way right mm-hmm. they, they may not look at it as something that they benefit personally from uh, let alone you know as something that that may get them increase yeah, yeah, right yeah because at the heart of the human being is stinginess. The human being is inherently needy. Antumul fuqara'u ilallah. You are the ones in absolute neediness to Allah. But that weakness and neediness that is at the heart of what it means to be human causes a natural stinginess within us. We want to hoard. We want to amass. We're protective of our wealth. We are fearful in our worldly lives. And by giving, one purifies one's Self from shuh, from avarice, from stinginess, from being miserly, from being greedy. And it purifies. Rather, it gives us the qualities of concern for others. It gives us the qualities of certitude. That you're giving your wealth away with the certainty that Allah has promised that this will come back to you with increase. How and when? It is up to to your Lord. Which is why the Prophet ﷺ said, wealth, that charity is proof, right? What is it a proof of? It's a proof of faith. And uh, given, I know in the, in the MSA, while you were there, I know every week you had a cause mm. that uh, you were rallying people to give money to. Mm. What was your experience with that? Was it, was it fruitful? Did people mm. actually give money? Mm. Or did you feel like, you know, you had to call people to give money? And, and also, what kind of causes did you... Um, uh, did you bring in mm. on, on a weekly basis? 
So I, I th- a few things come to mind. The first is I think it's often good to remind oneself and others that uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills to give a particular cause or charity or what have you money, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them from, you know, the, from his openings, right? So when, when you give to a charity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using you to, to grant that charity the opening. So ultimately it's not about, it's not about you, but like, Conversely, one should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used them for that benefit instead of, you know, foreseeing that they were charitable or they were great or it was of them that they were able to give. Uh, because there's a lot of people who would like to give but don't have the money or, or the ability or in, in their current circumstances to give. And if they did, they would have given maybe perhaps more than you and I, you or I would have. Um, so that's, I think, something that we we're always keen to remind people of. But it's interesting because there's always a paradox between people giving to charities uh, that are concerned more with, you know, um, appeals, you know, in the Middle East or across the world where there are genuine problems. And, and, uh, you know, it's it's relatable to a lot of people when you tell them that so-and-so is hungry or so-and-so needs shelter or X and Y and Z. And people are, mashallah, very, very charitable. Um, so things that come to mind when it comes to that is uh, raising money for uh, the um, the drought in East Africa and feeding uh, people there or in Yemen or in, in various other countries that were, were hit with natural disasters. It's, it's very important to keep uh, those people in mind and try to give uh, to those causes as much as we can. But also more locally, there's, you know, smaller projects that also require support and are equally important to the community. So uh, things that come to mind would include the, the Muslim chaplaincy, obviously, at uh, University of Toronto um, and now uh, various universities across the GTA. Something that, you know, I'd try to encourage a lot of people to give uh, money towards. Uh, something else might be uh, Nasiha, which is the, the youth helpline. Uh, it's very, very important and sometimes a little difficult to explain to people why it's so important, but it is important for youth to find the guidance that they seek when they when they do seek it. Um, and the third thing was uh, Nissa Homes. So Nissa Homes provides shelter for Muslim women who are escaping abuse or escaping uh, very difficult circumstances and uh, they're trying to open uh, more homes across Canada. So I think I'd encourage a lot of people to give uh, to them and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make, it, make all your money uh, go towards uh, benefit, inshallah, and towards serving this community in Canada and across the world uh, as well. And, of course, one would be remiss to forget uh, Seekers Hub from that list. Jazakum uh, so. Dalia. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight and uh, for sharing your uh, insights and reflections. To all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. Given that we were talking about charity and zakat, we're launching the Global Islamic Seminary and we're trying to bring the the religious sciences and preserve the religious sciences and make it widely available on a global platform so that more people can have access to it and through that the religion is is preserved so you found this of benefit then please do go to our website seekershub.org slash donate and help us build that seminary and preserve their religion and be able to produce students of knowledge and scholars who will be beacons of uh, guidance uh, across the globe. So again, do uh, support us at seekershub.org slash donate and uh, do share 
uh, the, the the benefit with others uh, uh, Jazakumullah khair Thank you so much for listening And we hope uh, that you're able to join us Throughout the month uh, With all the, the beneficial content Whether in person or online Jazakumullah khair Wassalamu alaikum La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah Sayyidina Muhammadin Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Kalimatu haqq عليها نحيا وعليها نموت وعليها وبها نبعث إن شاء الله تعالى من الآمنين آمين 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 برحمة الله